Welcome to My Fair Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Schmuck, watch movies with my dad. That'd be me, Scott Schmuck. Together we will die into sometimes deep, but hopefully always fun discussions of classic films. Today's movie is Tentacles. Each year, 10,000 tourists visit Ocean Beach. This summer, Ocean Beach has attracted something else. That's such a creative name, Ocean Beach. <laughs> Deadlier than the teeth of a tiger shark. Not a great no, white. No, just a tiger shark. No. All right. It's turning the beach into a buffet. No, you forgot the pause. Oh, sorry. It's turning the beach into a buffet. The pause is too long. <laughs> All right. Well, that's time. It's turning the beach into a buffet. You got it. Tentacles is a spaghetti horror movie made in 1977. Acclaimed director and actor John Huston plays reporter Ned Turner, and Shelley Winter plays his older sister Tilly. I have no idea how she was older. He looked like he was like in his 70s. He was at or... least in his I think he was like 82 when he did this. No, wait a minute. He was certainly in his 70s. She only looked like she was like early 60s, late 50s. She was quite the starlet. Starlet? 30 years before. Oh, Scarlet? Starlet. What is that? Oh, she wanted to be in... Uh, Gone with the Wind? Of course, yeah. Everybody, Everybody wanted to be in Gone with yeah. the Wind. But George Cukor told her uh, to go get some acting lessons. And she did, and she became quite a starlet. Oh. One of my favorites, Henry Fonda, plays businessman Mr. Whitehead. What's he doing? He was awful. <laughs> he was so I'm so sorry. Henry Fonda like oh. is normally so good. But I don't know what happened. I know you like this movie because it had Henry Fonda in it. I don't think I like this movie. Oh, shh. Save it. Oh, Bo Hopkins plays the marine biologist Will Gleason, and Claude Akins plays Sheriff Robards. This is quite a cast compared to... It's such a terrible movie. <laughs> compared to, like, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Which had nobody in it. On a sunny night, California afternoon... Sunny night, California. <laughs> <clears throat> Might as well have been. Go ahead. <clears throat> On a sunny California afternoon, a baby disappears from a coastal park while the mother is 100 yards away. At least 100 yards away. Yeah. Across a boulevard. With her back turned across six lanes of traffic. At least six lanes of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Around the same time, a local man is pulled from his boat in the marina and his body later pops up. Pops up. I said pops. I know, but pops up. Because it, like, popped out of the water. It reminded me of that scene in Jaws. Ben Gardner's boat scene. That's what it was supposed to make you scared of. But it was, like, in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. And they hadn't built up any tension. Terrible. No. Yeah. But what it looked like is, you know how, like, when you go swimming and you take, like, a like a ball, a floaty ball, and you put it under the water and then yeah, you let go and, and, and it caught. shoots up? Yeah. That's what his body did. Yeah. Like, uh, out was it, like, under the boat and then, like, it moved and then it came out? I have no idea. Or was it, like... Defying the laws? I don't know. It was defying laws. Okay. It was sucked clean, though. Wait, is there stuff inside of your bones? Yeah, marrow. I yeah, it it's really good. soft. Are you going back to Night Living Dead? Oh, yeah, marrow was awesome. Not human marrow, but marrow. Are you a cannibal? <laughs> I said not human marrow. 
But like, if you have some osobuco, ooh, that's good stuff. What is osobuco? It's a veal shank. It's like this part of the veal's leg, and oh. you get it's served with the meat around the bone, and then in the middle, there's the marrow. And oh. it's, it's like it's kind of like Jello, but it's super beefy. Well, not Jello, more like closer to pudding, like a custard. Like a beef custard, like the world's beefiest custard. Ew. Oh, it's super yummy. The sheriff wants to keep the investigation under wraps. However, one of his officers asks if the deaths are related to an underwater tunnel construction project and the presence of a veteran journalist, Ned Turner. Of course. Oh, it must be the thing that's going on. Couldn't possibly just be some ocean animals. Ned works all day on his story. Later, Mr. Whitehead, the president of Trojan Inc., the company digging the tunnel, calls the editor to complain about Ned's story in the newspaper and then asks the project manager if there's anything connecting the company to the deaths. Corey denies the claim. At the coroner's office, a medical examiner confirms that both skeletons were stripped clean, but he has no idea how it happened. When Ned suggests bringing in marine biologist Will Gleason... The sheriff tells him that Gleason has already sent two divers to explore the tunnel site. Gleason's divers are attacked and killed by a giant octopus. Will tells Ned that the deaths of his divers have made the investigation personal for him. So now he's really mad at this octopus. <laughs> he's serious about it. I mean, killing a baby, that's fine, but now it's personal. His two divers? It's like <laughs> Jaws 4. This time it's personal. But, like... You're saving money because you don't have to pay them. Again. Oh, that's sorry. awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you are a horrible person. We're done with Halloween movies. No. Later at their hotel, Will promises his wife, Vicky, that he will not dive deeper than 150 feet because he's still getting over a case of the bends. Meanwhile, Robards and Ned discuss what they know about the four deaths. And Ned points out that there was radio usage prior to each fatality. Dun, dun, dun. That octopus... He hates the radio. <laughs> he just wants a piece of quiet. <laughs> During a dive, Will and his assistant investigate the scene and discover a very strange scene. Dozens of dead fish on the ocean floor. How does that work? I don't know. They never explained it. No, they didn't. They were all like tuna, just like on the tips of their nose, just floating there. <laughs> There was so much going on in this movie, and like they never explained any of it, really. No. If they were dead fish, wouldn't they float up at the top? Yeah. Or did someone wait their noses to make sure that no one would find out, so they were just going around all the dead fish and waiting their noses? That sounds like a lot of work. And why were all these big tuna so close to shore? You would think that a marine biologist would have more questions about about this than, than he did. He just took, like, two pictures, and he was done with it. Yeah. Well... Will hypothesized that Trojan's illegal use of the high-pitched frequencies is wreaking havoc undersea, and a giant octopus may be responsible for the deaths. So does that mean that the the radio waves made the octopus grow giant? (laughs) (laughs) And mean? He was probably salty because he was just trying to enjoy some TV. It's probably like, the octopus is probably like me at like 7.30 on a Sunday morning when the guy starts his leaf blower next door. What if he listens to this podcast? <laughs> What's well, good thing we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> By the time this is posted, we'll be gone. Elsewhere, Vicky's sister Judy and two friends, Don and Chuck, 
get lost on a sea cruise where they are attacked and killed by the octopus. That night, Vicky and the two men search for Judy's boat and become victims of the octopus themselves. That seems like a really bad idea to go out looking for somebody at night when there's a giant octopus about. Who just died from it in the same spot. Right. So you're going to go out like in the same boat, same kind of boat. Like a little bit bigger. Do they even care? Yeah, they should have should have gone down to San Diego, got a big destroyer, and headed over there. I don't know, man. The next day, Whitehead reigns in Corey, who admits that he has pushed Trojan's tests beyond legal limits to save time and money. A grief-stricken Will shares his findings with Robards and Ned, and Ned asks if Will can kill the octopus. As a junior yacht race begins at the harbor... Wait. Sorry. To interrupt. <laughs> Did you notice... That, of course, they had to have walkie-talkies in the yacht race. Yeah. Like, why would they need that? And if he knew it was radio, why wasn't they weren't to spread the word that there's radio? Were they afraid that people would freak out and not go into the water? But they didn't know that the octopus would only come for radio. Will did. Remember, they had connected all that. Well, yeah, but he didn't even know that they were going on the water. Oh, no, but I mean, in general, why didn't they just tell everybody not to use radios in the water? Oh, yeah. Like his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, weren't they siblings? No, the marine biologist. Oh, yeah. I guess he wasn't home in time, but huh. still, I mean, she couldn't wait for her marine biologist husband to come home before she went out to find an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> or at least wait for him to come with you. Oh, man, this movie was so bad. Okay, go ahead. Robard orders the danger zone to be expanded beyond 30 miles, and the regatta is halted mid-race. A Coast Guard helicopter warns the boats to return to shore. <laughs> the sign. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bay helicopter way up in the air. A little tiny chalkboard. <laughs> no, what did it say? Like, return to not shore? Not safe. Yeah, return. <laughs> and then the helicopter blows over all the boats. Yeah, there's danger in this yacht race. It's from the Coast Guard helicopter <laughs> blowing over all the boats. Oh, God, that was hilarious. <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> that was better than Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Most of the boats capsized in the high winds. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the octopus pulls Tommy and Jamie's boat under. You notice how they stayed upright. Everybody else was blown yeah. over. But the Maybe they... Tilly's son and his friend, they get pulled down. Two boats rescue the boys and return them to shore. Tommy is safe, but Jamie is not amongst the survivor. Yeah, apparently <laughs> Jamie has a long lost win, though. <laughs> that was rescued on the boat. Because <laughs> I, I know... I know that that kid got off that boat <laughs> and walked right past his mom. Not his real mom, his movie mom, but still. That was definitely the same kid. 100% sure. Later, Will enlists the help of his killer wares to track down the octopus. Reasonable thing to do. <laughs> first, first, let me take my two killer whales and put them in a tube for a few days. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, we can, then we can head out. There's a little tiny hole. I can drop some fish in there. How did they breathe? 
I guess they had to float, but they couldn't like swim in those things. No, it was like it was like here. Can you describe what it was? It was because yeah. we're not recommending anyone to watch no, this no, movie. No, no, please don't. I mean, unless you want a good laugh. But go ahead. How did they have the killer whales? Or unless you want to waste an hour and forty minutes and four dollars. You were going to describe what the. Uh... Um, it was yellow and it was long, but it wasn't how, very wide. How big was it? Like a hundred feet. No, that wasn't that. Small. No, it wasn't that big. That big? Yeah, it was not 100 feet big. 50? Probably in between. I'm going to say 75, 80 feet, just a guess. And then it wasn't wide at all. No. It was probably like 20 like, feet across. Not even. <laughs> now, like if like that this movie came out today, people would be having a fit about that. Taking killer whales from their home and then trapping them in the thing. And also their cage to begin with in the beginning was kind of small too. Yeah, but I think that was actually at SeaWorld or another park oh. like that. And that's what... And they I, were babies, yeah. I remember when I first saw Shamu in like 1978, we went to SeaWorld. Shamu's, that was like the size of Shamu's thing. Oh. And of course, when I, we took you, when you were little, it was way bigger. And it was a whole bunch of different pools that they could swim between and... A lot different. Okay, so he uh, he brings the killer whales out oh, to get the octopus. I know. Which was a reasonable thing to do. That's where we were. Yeah. As their ship rocks and the whales appear to leave, the men don their scuba gear and enter the water. There the octopus strikes. Will is pinned beneath the rocks and loses his tank. But the whales return and attack the octopus while Mike shares his oxygen with Will and guides his friend to the surface. The whales continue fighting the octopus until they destroy it. Back aboard the ship, Will assumes the whales have left for freedom and tells Mike he is thinking of going to a safari in Africa. However, summer and winter return to the ship and call to the two men. Aww. I knew that was going to happen, though. Wait a minute. What happened to Tilly and Ned? I don't know. And the sheriff? They weren't there the last 25 to 30 minutes of the movie. Right. It was so strange. Yeah. The whole third act. They the, were like the biggest characters. The two main characters aren't in the third act of the movie. It was very odd. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why this wasn't nominated for an Oscar. It wasn't nominated for it an Oscar? It was not nominated for an Oscar, no. Oh, no. really? Um, no, and uh, it's not on any AFI lists. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. I didn't actually check either one of these facts. <laughs> I'm just... Pretty sure. <laughs> if it was on either of those lists, there would be a problem. <laughs> uh, it could have been on the comedy list. I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes, which was, I guess, over or under 12. Under. Yeah, under. Zero is under. So, yeah, under. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, how about the popcorn rating over or under 12? Under. Under. Nine. <laughs> 9%. <laughs> IMDb is a 3.7. That three is for people who enjoyed it for being funny like me. Yeah. Yeah, because it was pretty funny. Yeah. Earmuffs. There was... Uh, a couple of S words. Yeah. There was a few BSs and plenty of smoking and drinking. But no children smoking and drinking like we've had in some movies. <laughs> no kids drinking wine. Kids being smart, though. Ooh, I got a quote from one of the kids when we get to that part. <laughs> oh, wait. I know. <laughs> 
Shh, shh, don't ruin it. I love background. All right, so here's the part where we usually talk about the historical background. They're not really necessary oh. in this one. We're not going to have a deep discussion like we did with Frankenstein or yeah. or uh, Night of the Living Dead. This one is really uh, just want to talk about Jaws and how Jaws was such a huge hit. And it was a hit, like huge, huge hit, like Avengers big. It was huge. People still like, watch it now. Yeah. I mean, it's still a great movie. But it was such a huge hit, and it was the first summer blockbuster movie. It was the first movie that like everybody had to see in the summertime, and it created the movie industry as we know it now, where big movies come out in the summertime because kids are out of school, and they tend to be the ones to go to the movies the most, and people like to go to the movies in the summertime. It's like a fun thing to do. I thought most movies came out like Christmas and Thanksgiving. Christmas and Thanksgiving is another good season because kids are out of school. You tend to get better movies at that time of year, though, because you get the award season movies in December. Movies that people want to, you to remember come voting time for the Oscars. Oh. Summertime is for, like, the big popcorn munching superhero oh. type movies. Oh, like the end, end game, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so our hero. Who was the hero of the movie? Who was the main character, the protagonist? The marine biologist. But the whales were the most important. Oh, wait, no. Not the marine biologist. Wait a minute. I, well. Ned Fulmer? Wait, no, you would think it was Ned, but the main character's got to be in the end of the movie. Yeah. But Maybe not the very, very end. You know, they could die or something. But, but they got to be in the third act. Yeah, but um, the marine biologist wasn't in like the first 20 minutes. Either. He wasn't in the first act. Yeah. So, nobody was in all three acts of the movie. Except for the octopus. Mm, yeah, but that's clearly not. So I think that he should be the hero. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who are we going to go with, Will yeah. or Ned? Will, because I found Ned kind of annoying. I like Ned. But he was annoying, and he was in people's way of doing their job. That's his job. He's a reporter. He's trying to get to the truth. Oh. Well, I still find him annoying. That's fine. He, he was... I could see him being grading. So, was Will a good guy? Yeah, I guess. I guess he was. He didn't do anything bad. Yeah. But he didn't do anything, like, outstanding either. No. Except put his whales in danger to get revenge on an invertebrate. <laughs> Although I'm not gonna laugh at an octopus because you know they're like people smart. Mm-hmm. Not okay. Let me let me <laughs> put that into context. As smart as people are compared to other vertebrates, octopi are that smart compared to other invertebrates. But clearly, they don't have like the technology and the stuff that we have. No, but they do have like problem solving intelligence, which for an invertebrate, which is like a worm or a bug. An insect, a crab, like they're in that same category, and they can like solve problems and figure things out and undo locks on doors. So, what choices would you make different if you were Will? I would like tell everybody in the town that there's an octopus problem and you shouldn't go on the water. Or use radio. Yeah. Definitely not use radio. When was the baby using radio? I'm so confused. Uh, there was a radio playing, like in the in the stroller. Oh. Yeah. 
So he wasn't talking to any of his friends on the radio. No. Oh. Too bad they didn't have AirPods back then. Wait a minute. But that's the Bluetooth. <gasps> that would still be radio. Oh, no. They should have a new one. No, they have to have a corded headphone. So, too bad they didn't have phones from like five years ago when people listen to music. Because then it wouldn't be radio. It's time for Daddy Don't Know. Okay, what don't I know this week? They spent $1 million on an octopus that sank in the water. No, they did not. Yes, they did. <clears throat> did they ever get to use it? No, they didn't get to reuse it. A million dollars. That's got to be 90% of the budget. <laughs> With 8% of the rest of it going to Henry Fonda's one day of work. Daddy, for his cash check. How what? did you know that it was one day? Because you could tell. was. Oh, did I ruin your facts? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said it while we were watching the movie. I even said Henry Fonda did like a whole day of work with this. I only have two more now. Well, tell me about Henry Fonda. Was there anything else besides him doing one day of work? He had surgery, so he could only do one day. That's still not an excuse. No. For being if you're going to have like surgery, just don't do the movie. He was probably like rolling by then. He doesn't need that money. Did you say rolling? Yeah. <laughs> he was rolling in that 12 Angry Men money. <laughs> no, he was a big movie star. I'm sure he had plenty of money. Yeah. But. Can we call him Old Mr. Lincoln? Old Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you any more? Mm-hmm. The octopus that was killed by the orcas was real. Like, you can kind of tell. Yeah, it was definitely real. But it was bought dead at a market. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I felt better about that. I was hoping that that was the case because you could tell that it was real flesh being yeah. torn apart by the puppets. Okay, you got any more? Yeah. According to Wikipedia, there's only two other octopus killer movies. Oh, yeah? What's the other one? Bride of the Monsters, 1955, a killer octopus movie. Should we go watch Bride of the Monsters? It'll probably be better. Is the octopus a bride or is the octopus the monster? Does the octopus get married and is the monster in tentacles the, uh, the child of the... Oh. I'm so smart. That would be interesting. You know, it's an Ed Wood movie. Is it? Yeah. Oh, then I know. It's, it's got to be worse than tentacles. Ed Wood? Yeah. Famous for making the worst movies ever made. Yeah. No, no joke. Tim Burton made a movie about him. My favorite Tim Burton movie called Ed Wood, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> And it's fantastic. We should watch that one. Although it's made in the 90s. Alright, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you have to be a bad guy. Who was the bad guy in the movie? Um, Please say Henry Fonda. Please say Henry Fonda. <laughs> Please say Henry Fonda. I was going to say Henry Fonda. <laughs> you know, he's set up to be the bad guy in the movie. Because he's like the head of the corporation that's doing these underwater tests that releases the giant octopus. But he's not. He He's taking his supervisor and telling him to cut it out. He's not nearly evil enough. <laughs> Who is the bad guy? The octopus. All right. What were the octopus's motivation? To attack radios. Yeah. Is that because that's where the people were? They never explained why the octopus would have a problem with radios. Normally, like, good movies have questions, like, that are unanswered that you have to think about. Like, you get to pick. But 
This movie has so many unanswered questions. They're called holes. <laughs> Plot <laughs> holes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what the octopus motivations were. I guess to eat people, and wherever there was radio, there was people. Or was it angry because they tunneled into his lair? But how did the octopus get that big? What was it eating? Boats. <laughs> did the octopus have a point? Yeah. I think that, and I know I'm like, wait, it's not really a good movie to talk deeply about, but I think that it works, especially now, if you're thinking that the octopus is taking revenge on people for, like, destroying his habitat. So how about the craft work of the movie? <laughs> what did you think about the filming and cinematography? I thought that it was really good for its time, but I do think that there could be some improvements. Do you? Yeah. Only, like, minor changes, though. Like, My. the whole movie, you would just change it. Change it and actually, like, get a good director and yeah. a good cinematographer. And pay your actors more. Well, they must have paid him a ton. Really? For actually doing it? Uh, yeah. How are you going to get Henry Funded to be in the worst movie ever? That's true. you got to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. Even for a day's work. And Shelley Winter and John Huston and Claude Aiken and Bo Hopkins. These were all like big actors in the 70s. Or earlier. But still, you know. They were. Yeah. These were all famous household names. Yeah. How about the music? The music was very Italian. Oh. There was like that little fun thing. Like I don't remember what it was, but it It was was fun. Yeah, it was like a harpsichord going. Yeah. Yeah. Every time somebody got killed. But then they um, overused it, I feel like. It was supposed to be like the, the Jaws theme. Oh. Like the equivalent that, you know. Yeah, but it was like higher. <laughs> it was like a little sunfish jumping out of the water. I think that they should have only used it when somebody got killed. I think they should have not used it at all. Well, if they had to use it. It was like they did a score and they didn't know what the movie was. <laughs> it was like costume design? Oh, yes. The hat. Oh, the hat. <laughs> sombrero. <laughs> I don't know how Shelly Winters kept her head up that sombrero was so big. Hey, which was the worst hat? This one or the one from Nyanyalchika? I mean, Shrek, it, Shrek is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, this one was worse. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably just as big as the island right by the boat. <laughs> I think she flipped it over to use as a sailboat. How about the editing of the movie? Did the story, was it coherent and make sense and keep the pacing going along? Yeah. <laughs> or was it completely discombobulated? Um, I feel like it was a mixture of both. I wonder, I wonder if there's actually a good movie in there somewhere. And the editor just chopped it up and said, nope. It's got to be an hour and 40 minutes. That's it. But, like, there's enough footage to put together to have the whole story actually make sense. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. So, this is where we talk about nitpicking and unanswered questions. We're going to be here all night. <laughs> we can't. We can't possibly. Was I, there... have, I have one big one. Okay. I was going to say, is there, like, one or two that really stand out for you? You go first. Oh, I can't even. And just get on a whole rampage about it. Yeah, yeah. I the I've said a whole bunch already. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. There's so many that it makes it unintentionally funny. It was laugh out loud funny in parts, 
I mean, it really was. But the big unanswered question is, what happens to the characters? What happens in the movie at all? Nothing is explained, except for that there's an octopus that only comes when radios, and then at the end, Orca Whales killed it. Yes. That's it. That's all we know. Puppeteered Orca Whales. Baby Orca Whales. They were puppets. Did you see how they like would like in and out and in and out and in and out like yeah. you can't swim that way? It was because it was a puppet on a stick, and they were clamping down onto the dead octopus body and just pulling in little pieces. I off. thought that they were real. Sometimes they were real. Though, Sometimes right? they were real, but when they showed it with the octopus, yeah, they just had the little tiny puppet ones. But they didn't even like dig it in there. They would yank it back out so they could pull pieces of the octopus apart. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I bet that's a slow and painful death. Well, it was already dead. You said. Well, I mean, if, like, they were actually killing it. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'm sure it was. Oh, wait, I have another nitpick. Yes. When, get first, when those two scuba divers are getting attacked, don't octopus, like, squirt their ink when they're fleeing away so, like, you can't see them? Yeah. But they did it when they were attacking them. Yeah. It's, I don't... They don't do that. But maybe they should. Yeah. It was super effective. Because he got lost in a... In a cloud of yeah. black ink, disoriented. That's brilliant. Maybe they don't have enough ink to do that, though. Like in their bodies. Maybe it takes a super gigantic octopus. The octopus was. But then again, when, like, wouldn't you think that if they were going to, like, attack two divers, that they would do that when, like, two orca whales are trying to eat it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, there was only one like good fun scene in it, and you knew it was coming the whole time. When the two divers are in the bell, you know the divers bell, and there's a window that they can look out, and they're going back up to the surface. Yeah. And you know the octopus is gonna come, and there it is. It pops up, but it was like the beak. So that I was, thought that it was, was the, wasn't it the eye? Was it the eye? I think so. Oh. Yeah, you're probably right. So maybe it wasn't that good, or maybe I just need glasses. All right, the big picture. So what's the what's the message of this film? Um, don't waste an hour and forty minutes of your life. Oh, come on. Sometimes it's okay to watch bad movies just so you can have a little bit of fun. <sighs> I don't know if that's the intended meaning of the movie, but that's what uh, I got. That's what you got out of it. Yeah. So does it still hold up today? <laughs> um, yes, I yes. still think that you should watch bad movies. It's still a really funny movie today. <laughs> so Overall, in cinema history, where would you place this one? Let me ask you this. Is this the worst movie that you've ever actually seen? Yeah. Yes. The only bad movies that I've ever seen was this and Love Affair. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't go see that Ugly Dolls movie. No. Oh, Oh. and Bigfoot. All right, and the Katie goes too. Our first category is the Odessa Steps Award, the award for the best scene. Um... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a little hard to pick. Let me see. What was the worst scene in the movie? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got the best scene in the movie. Okay. It's not the best. It's not the best scene cinematically speaking, but it was my favorite. That was when the Coast Guard helicopter comes and blows down the boat (laughs) trying to tell them to go back. (laughs) My favorite scene was when Henry Fonda's talking on the phone and then he messes up a word or something even if you're there for just a day wouldn't you stop and reshoot that yeah or just start over yeah you don't have to stop 
just start over. He, his scenes were like two, two or seconds three, at a time. Yeah. And he was talking on the phone. You could clearly tell he wasn't actually talking on the phone. Yeah. I don't know. Those were, yeah, we should nominate the worst. The worst scenes. Oh. Oh. The worst person in the movie. The most annoying thing in the movie. With the anti-Thomas Mitchell Award. What was the worst thing in the movie? I know what I would nominate would be that comedian. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> that comedian. He and wins. He, and you don't even get to hear the punchline on the one joke. The one joke he's telling, and then it cuts just before the punchline. But then his other jokes are really stupid. They're playing his other jokes off screen. And then it cuts to that whole um, 70s thing where they would show a photograph and freeze action. And then continue action and then photograph, freeze it. It was bad. Yeah. How about you? What was your least Thomas Mitchell character in the movie. The boys. What boys? Tommy. Oh, the Yeah, the they're very boys. sassy. <laughs> in their one line. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get to, which was actually great. Yeah. I but they were annoying the rest of the time. Alright, and then we also have the This Goes to Eleven award. But pretty much everything was over the top. So what do you think? What was your most over the top any scene with the mom in it. Shelly Winter? Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was over the top. I, I have a hard time arguing that she was the most over the top thing in the movie. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. That's a good one. All right, it's the pictures that got small. All right, so I do actually have quotes because there are a few things in here that are funny. So there's the one scene where Tilly... Shelly Winter is talking to the two boys about their yacht race and saying how she wishes she could go yacht racing too. And not her son, but the other boy, the one who she's dragging around and helping out and doing everything, paying for his yacht race. Buying him ice cream. Buy whatever. She says, I wish I could go racing with you. And the, Jamie says, then we'd need a tornado to move the boat. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the last two are from Will, the marine biologist. Compared to suckers to on a tentacle, claws are nothing, Mr. Turner. What? Compared to suckers on a tentacle, claws are nothing, Mr. Turner. Because he was saying that the claws, that the the teeth on a shark are like the claws on a tiger. Oh. All right, and this one is a little speech, so give me a moment here. I need to. Find my proper place for this touching, moving moment. I guess you don't know why I brought you here, talking to the two orcas. I wanted to tell you more about it, but there have been many people that died. I've lost a loved one. I need your help now more than ever. I remember the times when I was training you. People used to call you killers. They used to call me that on the streets. doesn't mean nothing. You have more, more love in your heart, more affection than any human being I ever met. But now I, I can't ask anybody else, so I'm asking you to help me kill this octopus. It could be an inspirational quote, but it's just so dumb. <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, and he says it so seriously. He's the best actor in the movie. 
Like, he tries to sell this. I don't mean actor, like, as a career. I mean in this movie. Oh, yeah. He really tries to sell this. Henry Fonda's not doing anything but cashing a paycheck. And I hate to say that. It really hurts me. Yeah, Henry Fonda's such a good actor. He's so amazing. I can't believe he did this. I don't mind him doing a a bad movie to to get a paycheck, but to just mail it in, to not even try, it's sad. And I know he didn't lose it because... A few years later, he was in a movie called On Golden Pond with Catherine Hepburn, and they were amazing in it. And he wasn't that old. Yeah, he was like 70, wasn't he? Yeah, that's not that old. Yeah. All right, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Who won the movie? It wasn't me. It was not me. It wasn't you. It wasn't anybody who paid. Nobody ever paid for this. I think that it was Henry Fonda because he got money out of it. <laughs> I hope he got a big fat paycheck. Yes, and John Huston too. Man, what a legend he is. He directed Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Really? Yes. And he did that? That's a downer. All right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Should could this movie be remade? It could, but but it shouldn't. Could it be remade? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it would be all be CGI now. Yeah. They wouldn't waste a million dollars on an octopus floating to the bottom of the floor. Nope. Nope. What changes would you make to the story? <laughs> I can't. I would do everything different. <laughs> everything. I would change the entire movie into a different movie. I would actually just change it. Like I would actually just get rid of it. You know, you could make it a comedy horror. And yeah. It would probably work. All right. So the Michael Myers scale, zero to ten. How scary is this movie? Be honest. Two. And I only give it a two because it was so scary. Because it was funny. It was pretty scary funny for a horror movie. At the beginning, you knew the baby was going to get eaten. Yeah, of course. And also at the end, I knew that the orcas were going to have a huge showdown because they were talking about how like they fought with their teeth before. And he didn't want that to ever happen again. Yes. But the point I'm trying to make here is that there was a lot of tension in the beginning. That baby took a long time to get eaten. Yeah. And it happens off screen, so you don't ever see it. You just see the bus goes by. Yeah. Which well, they kept showing clever. lots of cars go by, and every time you'd think the baby would be gone, and that it was, was like the fourth one. Clever. It was kind of clever, but they took so long. How yeah. does that mom not turn around at all? At know. all? Why do you just leave your baby there? And and not even turn around. Like, there could have been not even an octopus. Let's be honest. That kid's probably better off. What kind of upbringing would this kid have? That was so mean. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, a two? I think that's fair, I guess. Yeah. There was that eye. No. The only thing that I thought that was actually scary, and it wasn't even scary, it was more of a jump scare, was the face that popped up. Oh, yeah. the There was that, too. But it happened so early in the movie that it, it didn't, didn't even build, matter. It didn't, didn't build up to it, no. All right, that's a wrap. Brief takeaways from the movie. Um, my brief takeaway is that I paid three ninety nine to watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> because it's not on any streaming service, and I feel kind of ripped off. I wonder why it's not on any streaming. Although, I wonder, was it funny enough for three ninety nine? Probably not. This is 
This is in the 20 worst movies that I've ever seen, and I've seen 3,000 movies. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, that I thought that it was kind of refreshing to watch a good or a bad movie because we watch so many classics and good movies. It's just kind of fun to rip on a movie. But I think that, yeah, I thought that it was fun. Yeah. And I'm sorry we switched it up. We were supposed to do Suspiria, and I previewed that. And we were supposed to do Alien, right? No, well, I previewed Suspiria, and it was just too much. And I said, no, this isn't appropriate. This is a little too intense. So we're going to have to find something else. So I'm sorry. I hope you enjoyed having a fun monster movie to laugh at, because when we watched The Fly, you said you like monster movies. Yeah, so this is your fault. I don't really find I'm blaming scary. you. I don't find monster movies that scary. <laughs> well. I find murdering and kidnapping scary. Then that's what Suspiria was. Well. So we have one movie left, and I got a feeling this one's going to be a scare. So stay tuned. Say that's a wrap, Katie. That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie was written and produced by Scott and Katie Schimmick. A special thanks for our music to Marty Chardy Esquire, the best IP lawyer on this side of the Hudson.